you know, hopefully this is it's kind of a gateway book, I think, for to so people can wean themselves onto it here and then and then move on to harder material as they go forward. So it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the beer that will eventually lead you to the whiskey of safety. Is that, is that what you're exactly. thinking? That's, that's exactly that's exactly it. That's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. I am your loving host for the 2018 version of the Pre-Accident Podcast. You know we're in our fourth year? Is that crazy? That seems crazy to me. It's, uh, yeah, no, I'll just say it again. It seems crazy to me. It's a commitment. It's like a long-term relationship. It's it's like, uh, it's like here we go. We're going on the fourth year, and there's really no reason to stop. I mean, that's 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 not a, that's not on the plan. I'm not thinking about planning it. But it is a new year. It's January, and um, we get to do it all again. We get to take one more trip around the sun, each and every one of us, and it should be quite a year to be sure. It's um, it's time for me to do something that I've talked about uh, every year. And some years are successful and some years not that successful. And that is to tell you what I've decided uh, my New Year's resolution is going to be. Now, I know a lot of you tell me, and I get a lot of feedback on this, you know, don't make resolutions. It's stupid. You can't keep them. It's, you know, it's I've I've really put some time into this. I think you have to make resolutions that are actually doable. So like the year I tried to find good in something every day, that's a great resolution. That's probably pretty good watchwords to live by. The problem is it's hard to do that. What is that? It's it's like how do you how do you measure that, right? And we always struggle with this idea of measurement. In fact, today's podcast is going to talk about measurements in kind of a cool way. So what I'm going to do this year is this can be the year of letting go. So I'm going to let go. And, and I'm quite serious about this. There's a lot of stuff I want to, I want to let go of a lot of the political crap that's going on in, in the world because that's driving me bananas. Um, and it's got to be driving you bananas. Um, and no matter where you are, Europe, it's got plenty. UK, I don't know what you guys are doing. United States, it's crazy over here. I mean, right? So my year of letting go and my theory on this is that I've got to have something you can do, Right. And so I'm going to try to emotionally let go of things as much as I can, the seven-second rule. So if if um, if some troll trolls me on LinkedIn, um, uh, you know, some creepy troll trolls me, I, I don't even worry about it. I just let it go. It's gone, right? Or somebody cuts me off in traffic, you know, or if somebody says something mean, seven seconds and I'm out, you know, I, I've got all that going on. So if I can't let something go emotionally or spiritually or psychologically or esoterically, then my fail safe on that is then I will let something go from my life. So I'm going to take something out of the closet and donate it to charity or, or throw something away or recycle something. But I'm going to try every day to purposely let something go. I'll keep you in, in the loop on this because I, I don't know how it'll go. I, I think it's doable. And that's the test. It has to be doable, right? And, and I think I can do that. And I actually think if I do that effectively – uh, I don't see any downside. In fact, I think the idea of letting go for 2018 is probably a relatively good idea. Doesn't mean I don't care. In fact, um, I care a lot. Um, 
care a lot. I'm I'm uh, incredibly motivated by what's happening, and I'm kind of amazed at how the world's changing. I mean, it's it's interesting to me that what started out years ago as kind of a way to throw eggs at the world, um, this kind of new view, this new approach to safety, is becoming more and more and more normalized in the way people are thinking about and doing work. And the great thing about it is, is that the world's getting better and that really we're making some impacts and big organizations are not killing as many people and we're learning more. And because we're learning more, we're knowing more. And because we know more, we're better. We fix things more effectively. We fix the right things well. We don't waste a lot of money on crap that doesn't matter. We don't waste a lot of time or or emotional energy on crap that doesn't matter. We actually focus on the things that do matter. I'm going to cough. Can I cough while I'm doing this? (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, I'm done. Um, But that takes us into the podcast. And the podcast today for our January launch, um, you know, this is the first month of the year. This podcast, I think, is really interesting. I, I want you to meet somebody um, who just wrote a book. And the book alone, I think, is is probably – the title of it alone is going to entice you. It's called Challenging the Safety Quo. Challenging the Safety Quo. And it's by a, a, a New View thinker in New Zealand who's named Craig Marriott. And Craig um, was more than happy. I sort of uh, stalked him a little to get him on the podcast. More than happy to get on once we got everything hooked up. It's always a kind of a – it's like time zone Olympics getting the time zone between Santa Fe, New Mexico, and New Zealand. Um, it's – you have to be smarter people than I have to calculate some things. But when we did finally get together, we had a great conversation. And I think you're going to love this podcast. Um there's a whole section in this podcast where my whole view on leading and lagging indicators was changed. I'll just be really honest with you. And I'm not going to talk about it now because, well, then that would run sort of the podcast. But I do think it's well worth listening to. I think you're going to find this podcast very helpful. And what a great way to start the new year. So here we go. So remember, the the resolution for this year is we're going to let go. We're going to let something go. And the way we're going to let something go is 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 going to be emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and also physically. So there's actually a doable item in that process that we can work with. And, and that, sh- that should get us there as, as best we can. Will you please listen carefully to a conversation that Craig and I have about his new book, Challenging the Safety Quo. Here's Craig Marriott and me chatting up. So so introduce yourself to us because I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, Okay, so my background, um, I'm from the UK originally, but but I live in New Zealand now. Taranaki, right? Taranaki? Yeah, Taranaki, yeah, in in New Plymouth, the the sort of oil and gas centre for New Zealand. That's how I ended up here. Um, But my my background in the UK was actually in the nuclear industry. So I used to write uh, write safety cases for nuclear facilities and and sort of manage teams that wrote safety cases. So so the background is very strongly technical safety, sort of the process safety type equivalent in in the nuclear industry. so when I came to New Zealand, where there is no nuclear power, um, I moved across 
more into conventional safety management. Um, and because I hadn't been through that standard development process for safety managers, I sort of came to it from a different perspective. And some of the stuff that I was seeing just didn't really make sense. Um, you know, so when when you've been when you've been assessing incidents and, and we're fully quantifying them and saying, oh, this is a you know, this is a one in ten million year event probability. And we've we've put in massive amounts of resource around controls and and safety mechanisms and, and rules and all these kind of things that we put in place to make this happen. And it still can happen, but even if it's one in a million or one in ten million years, when you then come across a, this kind of a slogan that says all accidents are preventable, you look at it and you say, really? You know, we you know we spent millions and millions on that and we still couldn't prevent it. You know, we could make it unlikely. So so how realistic is that? And that and that kind of makes you think about it from a different approach. You don't come with that with that baggage that you get through, you know, through some of the safety training that, that people build up through. So yeah, so I started um, started sort of challenging those kind of things, and um, and so now um, so I went through sort of corporate management roles doing those kind of things, and and now I I spend most of my time working with um, sort of leadership teams and and helping them coaching them helping them develop the sort of strategic part of it and, and the, the vision part of it that, that we do need with without trite slogans, if we can avoid them, um, you know, to, to help them get the change that they, that they need to see to make their improvements. It, it's interesting that, that, that approach from sort of the process safety side, when you, uh, when you, when you swing into kind of the classic industrial safety model, it's, it's there. I, I want to say that, they're years behind, but I don't think that's the right. I don't think that's the right image. They just they just come to the world from a different place, and and the moral imperative to make everything preventable is is a super powerful force. Yeah, and it, and it you know and it sounds it sounds the right thing to do, you know, which is why it gains so much traction. It, it sounds right, you know. Why why would we want anybody to be hurt? But but the problem is you've not got. You know, it's counterintuitive. Like, like with a lot of this stuff, where you've got complexity in your systems, it's counter. The output is counterintuitive to the input. Um, and so, if if you, you know, try to do everything you can to reduce everything, then maybe you're not actually focusing on your areas of highest risk. And, and I think this is one of the key, and one of the one of the first things I talk about in the in sort of the myths section of the book is is the is the triangle, which I know everybody's done to death. But you know, everybody trying to fix everything takes takes it away from those those really important high level risks that we actually need to manage. And I know you talk about this a lot uh, in your work. And and it's you know it's how do we make sure that we focus our, our limited resources on the things that actually matter most. Um, and and I think that's why we've seen you know, plenty of people have talked about we've seen injuries reducing, but fatalities flatlining across industry as a whole. And I think that's a significant part of that, which is we're, we're focusing our attention in the wrong place um, because we're trying to fix everything and we can't fix everything. How do you, and we just need to step back a little How bit. do you tackle that counterintuitive part when you work with, with people? I mean, how, how, do you, how do you help guide them into counterintuitive country? I, I, usually, I usually, two, I use two sort of techniques really mainly, I think. One is, one is I compare things to different functions. So, so you take away the moral part of it. So, so I talk about um, in financial terms. You know, if you if you were an accounting team rather than a safety team, how would you do this? 
you know, if you're launching a new product, if you're, if you're an innovative business who launches new products, you know, do you think Apple ever went out there and said, we are not prepared to countenance any failed product guys, Mr. Innovation Team? You know, they, they would just never do that because, you know, there's, there's some things, sometimes things go wrong and, and it's just natural and it's part of what we do. So part of it is, is to, to take it in those terms. And the other thing I do as well, which is just for the sake of, uh, sake of the discussion, is I tend to sort of maybe take one or two things to their absurd extreme. Ooh, talk, um, more, talk more about that. That that becomes interesting. <laughs> now I'm interested. So, yeah, so it's things like, you know, we say, we say uh, so there's a couple of examples in, in the book. One is, you know, when, when we talk about, when we talk about uh, trying to meet zero as a target. Well, do you, do you actually mean zero? Because, you know, what if I stand up and bruise my leg on the corner of the desk? Are we, you know, are we going to go and, and change every desk in the entire business in order to prevent that harm from happening? And the answer is no. And, and every definition of zero in every organization actually isn't zero. It's, it's zero below, you know, it's, it's a certain cutoff point that they put in place. So everybody acknowledges it's not actually zero. Um, you know, so you go to that absurd length on that one or the, the other one that's in there is, um, you know, so I've got a way that I can, I can guarantee you, you'll reduce your accident rate by 99%. Do you want to do it? And they say, yeah, of course we do. And I say, right, it's going to cost you all your profits for the next 10 years. Do you still want to do it? <laughs> and they go, oh, well, okay, maybe, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, you know, so just to sort of, just to, to make a point, it's, it's not, you know, obviously it's, it's overly simplifying things, but it gets the conversation going. And the other question I ask, I ask leaders, leaders a lot is, you know, what, what, what does safe mean? So that they, they start trying to actually, and it moves them away from this absence of harm thing because it's so easy to say, well, you know, I can, I can do the whole of this meeting standing on my chair, my, my office chair that's got wheels on it and not get hurt. Does that mean it was safe? No, it wasn't safe. Clearly it wasn't safe. So, you know, so it just, just take those, those extremes to just start the conversation going and then you can bring it down to more, more practical reality terms as you get going. Brilliant. That's just brilliant. It's that's, that's brilliant. So, so if you had to encapsulate and, and really talk about um, the, the book, that, cause I'm so excited for your book. Um, what is it that you think that book is best at doing or helping organizations and individual people who read the book at sort of getting at and understanding what, what are you especially proud of? What I, I think, I think sort of coming across, coming up with the challenges to, to the current way of doing things in a way which, which makes people understand, I think is, is really important. And I want it, to to be accessible so that somebody can actually use it go away and use it because so many of these things you know you read it and you go oh that's interesting and then you walk away from it um and you don't actually go and uh, implement it in your daily life because it's because it's hard right this stuff's not easy um and if we can if we can make it reasonably easy for people to understand and implement that then i think that's because it makes a change instead of just making it interesting it makes a change and, and that's what i want to see and and ideally I want operations managers and general managers to be reading it, not just safety managers, because part of it, part of the, part of the issue we've got is, is safety people saying the same old thing. 
Um, so, you know, so I wanted sort of people to see it independent from maybe the advice they're getting from their own safety managers. So when, you were, not, writing, when you were writing it, were you, were you thinking operations managers in your head? Is that the, is that the audience you were, you were trying to. Yeah. Encounter? Yeah. Because when, yeah, because when I originally started it, it, I didn't, I didn't set out to write a book. Um, I actually started off with a, I was, I was going to develop it into a presentation to give it, uh, you know, conferences or whatever, in a kind of a, um, 10 things that we do in safety that really make no sense kind of way. Um, and, and that would be much more of a general kind of operations. To, and, and at the time that I was doing it, I was in a, I wasn't in a safety role. I, the safety manager in the business reported to me, but I was in a much broader role. Um, and so I was, you know, trying to, trying to get this stuff across and, and get the links from, from safety into quality, into cost, into reliability, all these things that interconnect. Um, so that, you know, so that all, by interconnecting all those things, people begin to understand safety in proper context because we tend to isolate it all the time. You know, so really, really keen to get that, get that interaction going for the rest of the business and not just, you know, well, I mean, we say, and I talk about it, here, there's, a, there's a chapter in there called the safety separation. You know, every every safety person, you say, what's your ideal outcome? And they say, I'd like not to be in a job anymore because safety is so so ingrained in everything that the organization does. You know, well, if that's the case, why do you spend so much time separating it out and doing it differently? You know, if we can get if we can get those connections back in by engaging broader people, not just the safety people, then then I think that'll be a, a big win as well. Are you ready for the outcome of this book? Are you ready for the fact that these ideas that are kind of new and novel, um, they're they're on they're sort of headed towards becoming kind of mainstream? Are are you ready for the impact that a book like this could have on industries? Yeah, I'm kind of if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, I'm kind of in two minds about about some of this thinking getting more mainstream. Firstly, it's really great that it is from an objective perspective. Um, and so, you know, we, we'll make progress if, if we can, if we can challenge some of the ways we're doing it and, and, you know, keep the stuff we do that's good, but challenge the stuff that's not good and build on it. You know, that will be a, a fantastic outcome for us all. But then there's a sort of second, second bit of me, which is a bit more subjective, which sort of says, well, once it gets a bit mainstream, I'm sort of a bit less special. <laughs> and it's, and it's a very selfish sort of thing, but if everybody's saying the same as me, then I, you know, what, what, what makes me different? Um, so I need to I need to rationalize that in my head because for the greater good we need it to be mainstream. But you're right. I mean, there's a there's a certain amount of edginess to it now that makes it kind of you know you're a rebel. You're you're out there sort of breaking eggs and 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 pissing people off. And and as it becomes more and more present in not just the way people talk, the language, uh, and and the vocabulary, but also the way people start to think becomes less edgy. I think it's good because companies are getting better. I mean, that in and of itself, I think, is really an interesting part of this journey for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I mean, because I've sort of been doing, doing this on and off in, you know, in, in evenings and weekends and things, and, and at times I put it down for, for long periods of time before I picked it back up again. So, I mean, I, I started doing this, writing this probably three years ago or more. Um, but what I have seen over over that intervening period is, 
is there is a lot more discussion around this stuff and a lot more challenge and a lot more thinking and even you know from my perspective I mean, I, and i and i think there's lots of things we don't do very well at the moment and you know and, and i articulate those hopefully but but even if all we did was was challenge everything and it turns out that actually it was as good as we could be then that you know that would be great but but what i don't like is just the not challenge thing it's that you know you never get anywhere without challenging and without, and without disrupting a little bit um in order to make progress you that's that's what you've got to do so even if even if it just makes people actually find justifiable and sensible reasons for for what they're already doing that that in itself would be a step forward i think what are the next disruptive things you see coming out of uh out of this new view what's ahead for us I, th I think i think we've still got a a big challenge in in how do we demonstrate it and and i know obviously um so Sidney Decker's recent recent movie has has talked about some sort of trials and and I'm working with uh, in the early stages with some organisations over here to try and sort of challenge uh, develop some trials as to how we how we measure and and, and understand the effectiveness of what we're doing because um, one of one of the, the the sort of things we throw at, at the traditional way of, of lagging indicators is you know it actually doesn't tell you very much about how safe you are it tells you how unsafe you are. Which is why I think we, you know, we'll probably never drop it, because um, that's a, that's a valid question. But it doesn't tell you how safe you are. But but actually, what have we got that that demonstrates that that this is going to be effective as well? We've got there's lots of research about it, and it's well supported, and it and it makes intern it's internally consistent and makes sense. Um, but but you talk to your executives, you talk to your boards, you know, they still want a nice snapshot that says how how do you prove this and there's there's either a clever way of showing that that, that we haven't quite thought of yet or, or if we have i haven't seen it anywhere or there's a kind of a step change in thinking that's needed at that executive level to actually say well we'll accept it um and, and again you know you look at you look at annual reports for, for big organizations even even organizations at the forefront of this stuff um and they're still predominantly using lagging indicators for, for their reporting. Um, and they're still, you know, I, I looked at one from a, from a major, major multinational recently and their annual report had six pages of safety in it, um, which is actually quite good. But, but they had more than that describing the bios of their directors. <laughs> you know, so wh what is your priority here? And, and, and if I look at again, if I look at the financial things, they, they they recognize and understand that a profit figure doesn't tell the investors what they need to know about that business. There's a whole pile of information that supports that, you know, liquidity, debt ratios, all that kind of stuff that supports that. But in safety, we we just we just leave all that stuff out. We give them a headline and say, look, it's okay. So I think the next step is how do we get that step change of thinking at that assurance and governance level to allow a to allow us to, to genuinely demonstrate it, but also to you know to allow us to properly implement it. That's that's I think really a powerful thing. I mean I think actually I think you encapsulated it better than I've probably heard anybody else ever say it. Is that really it, we we're good at understanding and measuring how unsafe we are, but it's really ethereal. It's really difficult to imagine how safe we are, and and that struggle I think at 
every level, not just the governance level, but at every level of of um, systems reliability is, is is an interesting challenge. That's for sure. Um, mm. Why should we read this book? Other than I think it's great, and it's I hate to judge a book by the cover, but you absolutely have an amazing <laughs> cover. <laughs> so, so, so the so the paperback cover is different to the hardback cover, <clears throat> um, but the uh, actually my my wife did that cover. She or she picked chose that cover, and it, it took us a while. To, we looked at several alternatives, and what a, the guy who's standing there on the on the question mark actually looks thoughtful, whereas most of the ones I found. They looked confused, so I wanted, I, watched, I wanted somebody to look thoughtful rather than confused. In a kind of a, we're thinking about this. We're not just sat here, not knowing what on earth to do. But isn't there a fine line between thoughtful and confused? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. In fact, in fact, in fact, on your Skype picture here, I can see you've got a very similar pose, actually. Yes, that's my uh, that's my thoughtful pose. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's... Yeah, see, so you've got that line. You understand it. Yes, that's that's my pose. I. I... I, I touch my chin when I when I want to think that this will look really smart. So. That's right. If you had a beard, you'd rub it. I know. I'd rub my or the patches of my corduroy jacket while lighting my pipe. <laughs> Those would be thoughtful things as well. Yeah. It's it's a phenomenal phenomenal thing you've done. I'm I'm actually quite pleased to to have your book in the market. I think it's great. It's funny. Book writing is the least competitive thing I've probably ever done. You, you want everybody to be successful because the idea of bringing new ideas into the conversation in a different way is just so powerful. And we're all sort of pulling in the same direction. So I, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, good. Well, uh, thank you very much. But but I, th I think it's – I guess the next step as well here is is how do we um, – and somebody made a comment actually, because because I, I wrote a little blog when I when I when I said oh, look the book's published. I wrote a little blog that said I'm trying to I'm trying to bridge that gap between theory and practice um, because we've, we've got all this thinking that hasn't hasn't eventuated. And somebody made the comment in one of the one of the blogs that said, well, book isn't necessarily the best way to translate theory into practice. You know, it's still kind of on the theoretical and academic side, which I think is a is a really valid point. You know, so how do we and then the safety differently movie perhaps is 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 an example of how we maybe want to step take that next step. But you know, how do we start to get this information in a way which we can package up for for people that aren't going to sit and read read a book? You know, well, the answer has uh, to be podcast, don't you think? I mean, it has to be. Oh, podcast, podcast is cl clearly. I mean, you're clearly you know, leading the way here. <laughs> yeah, um, that's that's me. I'm cutting a wide swath. That's that's the lucky <laughs> thing about me is if I cut a swath, it'll be wide. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I mean, all these all these ways of of getting that message across, and and, and you know, and I'm not a particularly techie person. Um, I'm getting a bit old for all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we're finding people who've got that real understanding of those those sort of ways of getting getting that information across in different media, I think, would be you know, is, is really helpful. What are you thinking about next? What's what 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 problems Christmas. or 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 ideas are you playing around in your head now? It's been a couple of years since you wrote the book. What's what's going on in that brain now? I, th I think the, a lot of a lot of what I'm thinking about is is more in the leadership space because um, <clears throat> we, you know, we need we need those people that are, that are sitting around that leadership table to really understand what this is because without without their help, it's not going to work. Um, and we've got a really good example of a guy here in New Zealand who's who sort of really embraced this approach to to 
changing things. And, and he's, he said, actually, I'm going to, I'm not going to just do that for safety. I'm going to do that across my whole organization. And, and, and that's brilliant. So, you know, I think, I think something in that space would be quite good. And, and I've been, I've been doing some work recently with um, doing some safety in design. She's sort of going back to my roots a bit and running some workshops for the uh, electricity sector over here, power distribution guys. And after every workshop, they come back to me and they say, look, we need our executive to know about this stuff because yeah. otherwise you know, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So, so, so I think that's, so I think that's my next thing. And I find, and I find all that, that sort of leadership um, theory uh, and practice quite, quite interesting as well. I think it's a, it's a good place to be. Craig, thank you for the book, man. I, I appreciate it. No problem. It's, um, I was going to say, it's, it's, it's my pleasure, but, but um, it's, it's not quite the right word. I'm not quite sure the words describe going through the process. Yeah, it wasn't that fun. <laughs> it, was just but, uh, it, was not, it was not that good. fun. It's good. Parts of it were. Parts of it were hard. Writing an index was hard. I never knew that would be difficult as it was. Oh, yeah. Well, they have software to do that, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to a degree. It's the yeah. cross-referencing. Well, uh, so then one would have to care about one's index, then wouldn't one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a challenge as well. All right, man. Thank you for a great podcast. That was marvelous. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. So what do you think? Challenging the safety quo. It's it's a, it's a good the cover's great. You're not supposed to judge books by the cover, but the cover's great. So so the part that I thought was um well, the whole thing was a good, great conversation. The part that I thought was really interesting is is the uh, the reference he gave, the sort of the direct connectedness he gave to lagging data being lagging data being a, a metric of how unsafe we are, leading data being a metric of how safe we are, and um, that actually kind of blew my mind a little. That was uh, that's. That's a really cool way to look at that. It's even a cooler way to talk about that. So that's something that we want to put in the old brain, brain pan for a while. That is a, a great conversation. Run out and buy that book if you get a chance. Also, um, the Workplace Fatality book is available on Audible. Or, yeah, it should be. It's supposed to be up. It's on Audible. So if you want to check that book out, you can. And pick up that that book is um, – I'm super pleased with – uh, I don't know if I'm pleased with the book, but I'm super pleased with what it's making people think about and how it's you know, how it's really moving companies in kind of a new level. And so that's worth it as well. Uh, other than that, man, uh, you know, this is this is what we got. It's 2018. Do your best. Just get out there and smack it up, baby. So uh, the, the def definitely definitely practice something pick a resolution and try it let something go see if that works for you that's a great one or say yes to stuff that's a that's a great one as well until then um be brave i mean be as brave as you possibly can it's a new year we need that courage uh have as much fun as you possibly can learn something new every single day i, I know you did today and most of all be safe Good goes around and around.